hope everyone is doing well. My kids have been asking me, is it summer? Like, is this summer? I think technically it's not. Um, we're kind of in this weird time period, right? Um, where it's the late spring, early summer, and it's in New Haven, which means a lot of things are happening. First, it's still cold somehow, sometimes, and you're wondering, like, can I turn the heat on? Do I feel bad about that? You're making decisions. Maybe they're not decisions, they're like stances with people who live in the same house as you. You're like, we are putting on the heat just for tonight. I'm not gonna tell you how that goes in my house. Anyway, moving on, uh, there's also like just really hot weather. Like it's just so hot already and you're buying AC units, you're looking on like, you know, uh, Facebook Marketplace and then you're, it's already cold again. You're like, why, why, do I, why do I have these? And then of course, if you've been around this week, you know, sometimes we have apocalyptic weather events as well. So welcome to New Haven in the late spring in the almost summer. Uh, we also have a few choices as we get into the season, and the choices are whether we're going to lean to rest in a deeper way or continue what usually is uh, the continuation of hustle. When I say hustle, this isn't just something that, you know, Yale students are doing, university students. I think we all have some hustle in us. And also, if we're honest, in New Haven, there's a kind of hustle even in the city that I think probably far outpaces Yale, but that's just my two cents, and we're still going with that hustle. And there's two ways to resolve it, um, usually, and this is a spoiler, they're gonna end in more hustle. I'm gonna offer a different way. But there's two ways you go, where you say, you know, I do wanna take a break from the hustle. I have about, I don't know, 12 weeks, 90 days maybe, how can I do as many things, visit as many people, visit the family I want to, go on the private vacation, do this with that, like, you're just trying to game it out. And you realize, oh, we're gonna have two weeks left before, you know, you run out of stuff. That's one way. You hustle hard, even in your rest. Or you say, hey, some other people are going to do that. So you know what that means for me? I can stay at the office. I can get some work done, some projects that I've been needing to do. Like, this is great. Maybe personal pet projects. I see some people nudging other people. I'm not going to say who. And both of those are options for hustle. And I want to invite us into a different way. Let's drop the hustle. Maybe for good, but I want you to stay with me. So maybe just for the summer. Stay with me just for the summer, maybe. Lean into something different. Lean into uh, a deeper kind of rest. A rest that I think is a rest that God has for us. This rest is deep. This rest is actually enjoyable. This rest is not just us doing our best, but it's God giving his best to us. And we actually have space to receive it, to take it in to delight in it, maybe to behold it. Leaning into rest. Some of us try to do this in a regular way, even in our week. We have the work of Sabbath in our life, a day set apart to rest and to be with God. But there's a deeper thing than just having one day a week for rest. We can let that work of the day, the Sabbath day, where we take time intentionally to really seek God we can let that go into all the days of our lives. We have this habit at ECV of saying to do a Sabbath, especially we're teaching people about it, if they're kind of curious about you know, why some of us aren't doing things certain days, we get an opportunity to share something about it. And we say that a good Sabbath is made up of pause, pray, and play. Pause, uh, an effort to be still with the Lord. Just intentionally reflective, which is different than pray, bringing God into conversation, doing a little bit more chatter, chatter with God, whether it's you talking to God, because you know you need to, or creating some space for God to talk to you about even specific things. 
And lastly, to play, to have a time with God, to have recreation, to recreate yourself, to see how God delights in your delight. We usually say those three things make up a really healthy and whole Sabbath. But again, it's not just for one day a week. The question is, can we do deeper work even this summer to have this make up moments, days, weeks, this entire season as we try to recalibrate and lean into something. For some of you, you're coming off of a crazy year. You've coming off of a crazy semester. Your kids are gonna be with you for all summer, every day of the summer. And the year was crazy. So there's a lot we need to lean into as we think about what God has for us. The thing we're gonna do uh, first as we move into this new series is focus on pause, which is, again, that reflective stance with God. And I think this is a really difficult one. I don't wanna say the most difficult. It's different for each of us. Sometimes we're like, play, what is that? I remember when I used to do that as a child. I don't know how to do that anymore. That will be difficult to pick up, right? So we all kind of have different places. But pause is difficult. Um, Blaise Pascal, a philosopher, said, all of humanity's problems stem from man's inability to sit quietly in a room alone. It's a deep statement. Like, Blaise, really? Like all? Like every single one? And he's like, yes. If you can't be still, if you can't pause, there's not a peace that can come to you, that can rest on you, that you can live in and through. And there's a lot of reasons for that. There's things like racing thoughts, anxiety, sadness, depression, and maybe just the more everyday worry, busyness, pace. We have trouble really being quiet ourselves. And that's where I think there's an invitation here today. This is the biggest thing we'll talk about today. There's an invitation that you just don't have to pause and kind of see that neutrally, but you can actually pause resting in the love of God. Because I actually think that's the only way it really works or works well. You know, we sing this song, we sang a song like it today, uh, the Lord is my shepherd, you know, dwelling in the house of the Lord forever, but I think the past two Sundays we sang, better is one day. You know, Better is one day in your courts, better is one day in your house, better is one day in your courts than thousands elsewhere. And that is great if there's a loving God who you can feel, trust, and see. That's not good if you don't think God loves you. Like, that actually could feel like incredibly boring at best and maybe torturous at worst. Wait, why am I here? How is it better to be here one day and one day more and one day more? That's not good. But there's something about easing into this reality that God is love and that God loves us, that lets us be quiet with that God. Let's us be quiet with the lack of judgment. Let's us be quiet with a feeling of care and provision. Let's us be quiet even with an offer of forgiveness. Even when we're like, I don't know if I did anything wrong. God's like, it doesn't matter, you're forgiven. There's something about the first move of God being love that makes a different experience when we pause, a different experience when we wait. So as we get into this work, which is more than just a message, but it really could be work for our lives. Let's pray together. Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you come here, right now, in this place, today, providing a kind of rest for our weary souls, 
Lord, we're in need of you. We're in need of you to cover us, to convince us that our work is not all of who we are and that you have a work for us of rest that you want to build into us. So Holy Spirit, come with your power. Help us experience your love. Help us feel your nearness. And I pray even as I share today that you would be speaking to people, even as people are hearing the sound of my voice, that you would be dialoguing with people already. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. One of the things that's really powerful about the love of God and pausing and experiencing is sometimes we have a hard time recognizing it ourselves. We have a hard time stepping into these practices ourselves, but sometimes in the life of people we know, we see <laughs> the difference. We kind of see like, oh, like you're, you're stepping into something. You can kind of see a change. And I think this is really true for people who come to faith, who are, are new following Jesus. One of uh, my friends uh, a while ago started coming to our church, but before that I was just getting to know him. Uh, we met in activist circles and we started to become friends. Uh, he would invite me to hang out in his place, and uh, as I went, I, I noticed some things. First, it was loud. It was a loud place, and there were very particular kinds of music. Some of you will know this music. Celia Cruz, some of you know her. Juan Luis Guerra. And there was like some, some salsa, some dancing. It was fun, but it was like just him there. Like it wasn't a party. He was just like, yes, like this is great. I was like, this is awesome. But then I also noticed something, which was like a big bottle of something that I think was from maybe other parties that had happened in that same space. But there was, again, not a party happening, but it was just on the table. And this person would just kind of pour some things out and kind of sip and hang, and we were talking. And I was like, I don't, I don't think that's water. Like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. Like, I, I don't think so. And then as we hung out, like, the music would get a little louder, the singing would get a little louder, Celio would get a little louder, right? Like, you know some of the songs like dun 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 Anybody? No, maybe. Okay, so Sinclair knows. Thank you. Um, and like this was like kind of a vibe. But I wondered at a certain point when we were like kept doing that and kept hanging out. I was like, is this like is this good? Like I'm not sure. And I was glad that he let like uh, a person that you know I was like I'm a churchgoer. I'm a Christian. Like he let me kind of hang out and I just saw that. But I also uh, wondered like what else is going on there? I didn't know. So I invited him to church. Uh, one of the experiences he had, I don't think he really liked um, our church that much. Probably more to say about that another day, but he, he just didn't. But he was like, I'm going to stick around. There seems like something that is kind of weird about like, the space, but it's like weird in a way I'm okay with. I'm like, okay, I don't really know what that means. And then one time uh, we were, uh, I, I decided to get prayer. And I was like, hey, just come with me. Um, I want to get prayer, but just come with me. And he did. And as we prayed, it was almost like he was having something like an allergic reaction. Like, it was kind of weird, like, maybe to what was going on. I kind of, like, backed away, kind of just left. I was like, where'd he go? Uh, I went to the bathroom, and I saw him again. I realized I've been telling some, like, weird stories lately. Sorry for the weirdness, but this is also just, like, stories in my life. So, not sorry, I guess. And so he was, like, holding on to the sink and, like, looking at the mirror. And so I saw him in the mirror, and his eyes kind of, like, moved to kind of like the back of his head. I was like, whoa, like, what's going on? I was like, hey, people are still praying. Like, let's, let's get prayer together. Like, let's do this prayer thing. Like, you notice, like, the prayer line, you know, is there, and then it leaves. If you ever want prayer as you're leaving, you can get that prayer line back. I was like, I need this prayer line back. I need someone to pray with. And we prayed. And what was so cool was we actually just prayed the story of, uh, from a gospel, Jesus calming the storm. Like, that was kind of the prayer. I hadn't seen that done before, but it was just kind of saying, hey, Jesus is here, and he's calming the storm. And what felt like a lot of tension sort of went lower and lower. 
And at one point, again, this is a weird story, I heard like a, a hiss, just like, hiss. I was like, whoa, what's that? I don't know. And we just like kept going, it was lower and lower, and then finally in the story, guess what happens? Jesus calms the storm, and things felt different in him, like changed. So I was like, well, this was weird. And he's like, bye, I gotta go. I'm like, okay, this, what's gonna happen next? Uh, and then I get a, a call from his girlfriend, and she was like, what did you do? I'm like, uh-oh, this sounds bad. I was like, I don't know, what are you talking about? She's like, there's something different. Like, I need you to come over. We all come over, we're like debriefing. And she's like, there's something different about him. Like, there's like a heaviness that I'm noticing. I'm like, you know he can talk, right? But she was just talking for him. She's like, there's something that's changed. And he's like, yeah, I kind of feel like there's a lightness now. It's like, okay, I, th I think that's good. I felt like I was like called into the office. I'm like, I think this is all good, right? They're like, yeah, it's, just, it's strange. We're wondering what's gonna happen next. I'm like, I think you just go with it. Next time I visited him, uh, I think she was already working on the bottle, so that's not part of the story. Like, and then the bottle was gone. I think she, the girlfriend was already doing some stuff there. But there was something new. It wasn't just something that was removed. Something was present. And it was this uh, little uh, poster that uh, my friend had printed out. And it was this verse. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. I said, why, why is that on your wall? I hope it didn't sound as bad as maybe that sounded, but I like, tell me more. And he was like, well, I was reading the Bible and I ran across this and I realized for the first time, I can make more of a decision about what I'm thinking about. Like there was such weight and heaviness and a lot of sadness. And now I actually get to choose. I get to choose to do this. And this feels like a privilege. And I think he was feeling it, like there was like some wind and wave there, but it also the biggest thing for him was not that he was feeling this 24 seven, but he finally had a choice to. I was like, wow, that's amazing. It was right at his desk where he would work. And I was like, hmm, this is new. This is interesting. Regardless of how my quiet times were going at the time, I was like, I think this is more like what God has for us. A kind of dwelling, devotion, meditation. Even just on one verse. Maybe a verse from a letter you know nothing about. Maybe you don't even know it's a letter. But you just see the words and they seize you. They grip you. And there's new possibility in them for you. I think that's what happened to him. He's still following Jesus. I think that can happen to us when we choose to rest in something, consider something, dwell in something, meditate on something. There's this word that appears all the time in Hebrew scripture and also in the New Testament, this word about meditation. It's actually got a funny meaning in the Hebrew. It's hagah, it means to muse, to moan, to utter. Like one of the translations even to growl. Like, whoa, that's not what I think about when I think about meditation. But it's almost like there's something internal that's bubbling up. It's almost an utterance. It's maybe a moan. It's a thought, a consideration. And there's so many instructions in the scripture to meditate on God. And my suggestion today is when we meditate on God's love, something changes inside of us. Today we're just gonna look at three simple invitations to meditate on who God is, to meditate on God's work, 
including and especially in your life, and an invitation to dream about meditation and even to experience it as a spirit-led kind of formational habit, that it wouldn't necessarily always be your choice to meditate. You would find yourself kind of getting caught up in something as if God's starting something in you, even as you're just kind of maybe eating cereal in the morning. Maybe. That's what we're going to look at. We're going to start by looking at the words uh, of connecting with meditation on God's love and looking at um, Psalm 63. So let me read that for us. Oh God, you are my God. I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I've looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory because your steadfast love is better than life. My lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. I will lift up my hands and call on your name. My soul is satisfied as with a rich feast and my mouth praises you with joyful lips. When I think of you on my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night, for you have been my help. And in the shadow of your wings, I sing for joy. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. This is this beautiful passage that has all these contrasts. I don't think contradictions, but contrast. And I wonder if you already see them. And one thing I love about this text, too, is, you know, the little heading says, David wrote it in the wilderness. Like he wrote it in a desert season, perhaps in the desert. In this time of running, he wrote something like this. And we see desperation in this passage. But the desperation doesn't necessarily seem bad in a way that we would think maybe wilderness is bad or desperation is bad. There seems to be some goodness bubbling up. We see this kind of integrated life. One of the things I love about this passage is we see that there's looking upon God in the sanctuary. But then also where do we see the same thing? in your bed, from a kind of place of holy observance to maybe one of the most private places you could be in. I love that one. I've had to think about that a lot these days. Because if you think about like, how do you go to sleep, it's a vulnerable thing, right? And as I looked at this passage again, but actually I think this passage or another one that's very similar has been highlighted to me in the season, I realized I haven't been going to bed that peacefully myself. There's been a lot of like anxious toil, racing thoughts, I'm like, that's so interesting that in Scripture we see this kind of normative thing here of like, no, your bed's a place where you can contemplate the glory and beauty of God. I'm like, wow, I'm not doing that. Like, that's not what's happening for me. But there's this holdout for a promise of actually there can be a place even there of delighting in God, asking God for help with maybe our racing thoughts from the day, the mistakes we've made, the people that have wronged us. There's something emotional we see here, but there's something also integrated, connected in holy spaces, but also making spaces that you might not think as holy into places where God can work. And I hope you're catching it. It's embodied. Like these lips that praise God. And we see that in the next line, you know, or one of the next lines, it's we eat this fantastic feast. Like it's like that's what we're doing. That's what it feels like. And then we're praising God with our lips. I just love that they say, like, here's part of what lips are for. Eating really good food delighting in that experience. And they're saying, and with your same lips, praise, praise God. There's something here about knowing the steadfast love of God that's better than life. It seems like that happens first, and then the community praises. 
It's not a robotic, and I will praise. But there's something that has happened to this community. When's the last time that you dwelled on God's love? Maybe you've been going to church for forever. Maybe this is your first time in a church, and you're considering what it would be like to follow Jesus. But when's the last time that you actually considered how much God loves you and the nature of God's love? Something that's like been blowing my mind recently as I've just been thinking about it is some of you who know the story of Jesus. When Jesus started his public ministry, there's this beautiful affirmation at his baptism that just said, I love you and I'm pleased with you. And I thought about something I hadn't thought about before, which is what if that moment had happened on the cross? Maybe the last dying breath. And I'm sure God felt, I love you, right? But what if that's where we came to know that phrase? After all of this time, all of this persecution, all of this work, that finally the Heavenly Father would split open the heavens and say, you at the cross, I love you. I, I think that still happened, right? I think that's still what God thought. But I'm so glad it didn't happen there. I'm so glad it was just before people knew Jesus was really anybody. That there was this divine sense of love and connection before Jesus did anything. Picked disciples, lifted a finger, healed somebody, raised someone from the dead, was raised from the dead, right? He just did it because he's God and he loves us. Have you considered the love of God like that? So maybe you had an answer before, but I'm saying like that have you considered the love of God? That it doesn't come from your achievement. It doesn't come from the thing you haven't done or the thing you've done, but it comes for being you. That God's loved you for you. When's the last time you considered that? You might be saying, Josh, it was during the worship, like just like a few minutes ago. That's great. Bless that. And for some of you, you're like, it, it, I was here, I was present. But it wasn't. And that's fine too. We have an opportunity to meditate on the love of God. We also have an opportunity to meditate on God's works, particularly in our lives. We see this passage in Psalm 143. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Give ear to my supplications in your faithfulness. Answer me in your righteousness. Do not enter into judgment with your servant, for no one living is righteous before you. For the enemy has pursued me, crushing my life to the ground, making me sit in darkness like those long dead. Therefore my spirit faints within me. My heart within me is appalled. And then there's a turn. I remember the days of old. I think about all your deeds. I meditate on the works of your hands. I stretch out my hands to you. Second time we've got arms in the air, right? My soul thirsts for you like a parched land. Selah. Answer me quickly, O Lord. My spirit fails. Do not hide your face from me, or I shall be like those who go down to the pit. Let me hear of your steadfast love in the morning, for in you I put my trust. Teach me the way I should go, for to you I lift up my soul. Save me, O Lord, from my enemies. I have fled to you for refuge. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Let your good spirit lead me on a level path. We see here that there's a work that God is doing a work that God's doing, reminding you of your story and saying, it's not just that God loves you before you do anything, but he actually has had things already in your life that you can reflect on, ways God's saved you, ways God's rescued you, named you. And you can step into that and say, that is the work of God in my life, God's love and your story. And as I think about that, I think about the majority of my life where that's kind of where I was. Like, yes, thank you, God, that I'm no longer in Iowa. Praise the Lord. Thank you for what you've done. 
but also thank you, God, for these specific moments, right, in my life. And I was building up a life of thanksgiving. But then I realized God opened me up to something else, which is God let me know that my story includes scripture, though, too. That when I read about Abraham, I can think about this man that was lost but received guidance towards a home that he had not yet seen. When I think about Hagar, I can see how even in mistreatment, we can still name God and see God. When we're looking at the story of Joseph, that we can see that even though we're at the bottom, our own family sells us into slavery, that there's something God can do in lifting us up, even if it takes time and patience and perseverance. That there's people in the story of God that we can say, that's my story too. And I feel like there's a, a flip that happened, and I don't know how really, where I was just thanking God for things in my life, but then as I looked at the scriptures, I saw things that were close, that almost like were themes of who God was, that were connected to my own story, but I realized, oh, that's the bigger story. And I, I, I got connected there. The God of Moses that led people from enslavement into freedom. We can connect our story to the story of scripture and thank God for the personal things in however many years we've collected on this earth, but so many more throughout the big story of God. We can love God that way. It can come from our head where we bring God's goodness to our story. It can come in our faith that we start to build trust and we can say, God, I don't see your goodness here, but I'm gonna step out and trust you that it can come in this area of my life. We can actually also have God's love be like an experience for us. We can ask God to experience his goodness. This is where we're gonna land and we'll have a few invitations. There's meditation that leads to spirit-led formation. We change because we focus on God's love. The love of God, the works of God that lead us into a deeper devotion. But also, we see that there's something that God offers that's experiential. I always joke because I'm married to Tina, our worship pastor, I wasn't really into musical worship, uh, like at all. I was like, why are we singing? Why are we spending time doing this? We could be doing things that actually matter. I think Tina was somewhere in my life to be like, what, huh? I don't think she knew me in like my edgiest phase of that. Like, thank you, God. But there was something that happened towards the end of college where I was part of a community that was doing more musical worship and something was happening in my own heart. I was being won over. It was frustrating. I was seeing people like do worship before finals. And I was like, this is weird. Like, I think this is bigger than our exams. But they were like, it doesn't matter. Let's worship God for hours. I was like, I think they are experiencing a cost in their worship that's adding some power to it. I went and I was swept up in something, something that I didn't uh, want. I didn't know I needed. I didn't start. It was just like a surrender, a letting go, a saying yes. And all of a sudden, that space, it became easier to love God. I don't know if that sounds weird to you. But like it, it felt easier to love God. It felt easier to spend time. It's almost like there was finally like a grease on something that had felt kind of rough. And I was like, I think I, think I like worship. <laughs> I think I do. Um, and across denominations, across different traditions, there's, there's things like that where people get hooked whether it's musical worship, whether it's liturgy, whether it's adoring the Eucharist, there's these people that often are like, there's something when I contemplate this, I feel a kind of peace that lets me experience the love of God. And we're about to do this again, to worship together. I think about my friend that was, you know, uh, singing Celia a little bit, uh, you know, tipsy, let's say. 
And I think about this invitation that's in uh, the letters, uh, a different kind of invitation. And, you know, this comes up in Scripture a few times. Like, there's something about the Spirit, right? And we see Paul say this, Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit as you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, singing and making melody to the Lord in your hearts, giving thanks to God the Father at all times and for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's like singing together changes us. Singing together makes us be able to experience God's love in a whole new way. And there's often experiences we go to for that. And I think those can be experiences of delight, honestly. We can reclaim those for God. But there's something about letting God be present with us as we lift up God. Dare to say that in that, we see God as love. Dare to say that that love can be in our stories. And then believe that that can build habits like habits we might feel like are effective at first, but become affective next. Like they change the way that we experience God. They soften us. That same God that did that work for Jesus before he started, three pretty hard years, if we're honest, they gave us that love, gave him that love. That same God's here today to bless you, to say he's pleased with you, to be with you, to rest with you, and to show you where God is in your story. And I wonder if you'll have somebody of an experience with God today. I'm going to invite the worship team to come up. As we go over these invitations, I want you to be mindful that we have a God that's living and present that these invitations can become summer habits, it could become lifelong habits, and they can do the work of changing us, not because it's really what feels hard-earned on our part, but because something feels good that we give into. Just a few invitations. We sang a song about confession earlier. We can confess our hustle and choose rest, including a weekly Sabbath. We can create an alarm at your preferred time of day, just 10 minutes, where you say, I will just choose to meditate. If you are frustrated for those 10 minutes, it is okay. It's only 10, that's why we're starting with 10. But what if 30 seconds of those were good, were connected, or even just a time where you had a choice, like my friend. Wow, I feel like I had a choice to choose God. Didn't, but I had a choice. Try again tomorrow. You could choose to tell or write your story as a thank you letter to God, even writing it out. Thank you for this. Thank you for that. Thank you for this person. Thank you for what you've done. And lastly, you can celebrate the spirit for any formation wins that come from meditation. Today, I desired to go to church. I wanted to. Celebrate. God's doing those things in you. So as we prepare to do musical worship, I want us to stand together, please. God's love over us and then someone will come up with invitations and what I want for your primary invitation to be is just to have a posture of openness and then to go from there one of the words we had earlier was that God wants to bring freedom here 
And I feel like let's start just by being free right now in our bodies, free to receive. But as you feel God moving, as you feel maybe the love of God, maybe give in to something, lifting your hands, opening your palms, confessing, telling someone that you want them to pray for you. Think about what the love of God is encouraging you to do. So love of God, that you say in your word, you lavish on us like children. Would you lavish your love on us right now? God, would you fill this place with your love? Would you fill this place with something we can rest in beyond our own toil, beyond our own stress, beyond our own heartache, beyond us? Would you fill us right now with your spirit? And would you do that in and with and through the love of God? And I pray for anyone here that's felt separated from that love. I pray the connection of the Father, the connection of God. And I pray that there wouldn't be uh, unnecessary intensity there. There wouldn't be works you feel like you have to do now, but you would actually just rest in the place of being loved. someone come up I just want to say I feel like there's some people I encourage you to get prayer in a little bit prayer ministers can line up I feel like your experience of the love of God um, might come with a little bit of sadness and I just want to affirm that that's okay that there's like a sadness to knowing like there is someone who's who loves you well and there's other people in your life who haven't and I just feel like there's a few people that are really present to that right now or maybe it's that you uh, just feel far from this strong reality of God because of like uh, something that's real. I just feel like God says, just come on, enter in. It might be through a different way, but even if you're crying, even if there's some pain, there's still the love of God here for you. So if that's you, I'd love to pray for you in particular.